You get excited over Superman. You get excited over Catwoman. But you never get this excited over what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. Time for you to get serious about Jesus, people. Time for you to get serious about the God of the Bible. Heaven or hell when you die. Life is but a vapor. If God grants you to live 80 years, it's nothing but a vapor, like a puff of smoke. And then you're going to meet God and stand before him and get judged. We're all going to spend eternity somewhere. The problem is where are you going to spend it? The problem is where are you going to spend eternity? Heaven or hell? There is no reincarnation. You don't die and come back as a bumblebee. I don't think he'd like the Star Wars camp thing. <laughs> Although, who's he trying to fool? Because he's got that big banner that says, grievous sinners in the hands of an angry God. You know how much Star Wars you have to watch to know the name of the cyborg was General Grievous? So I think he's got a little closet Star Wars watching there he's trying to cover up. Um, we're here to talk about evangelism this morning. Here to talk about sharing what you believe about God in hopes that someone else will come to believe it too. Now that is a pretty harmless sounding definition. And for something that has such a harmless definition, it's become something, evangelism, has become something that no one wants to be a part of. Evangelism has come to mean forcing your faith on someone, whether they're interested or not. Evangelism has come to mean annoying strangers on the street or on their own front doorstep or when they're trying to go to a comic book convention. Evangelism has come to mean dogging other religions and putting people down. It's come to mean breeding intolerance and hatred and violence in the world. And, and other than a few people with personality disorders, no one really wants to be a part of that kind of evangelism. And yet, at the end of service today, I'll be asking you, do you want to be a full participant in Lakeland Community Church? It's kind of like our membership, and if you, you have a pamphlet already, it has our core values, and you go over here to the green field, and there it is. Tell your story. Full participants share their faith with those who are far from God. They share their story and witness what God has done in their life with others. So here we're going to say the very thing no one wants to be a part of, we consider an essential part of following Jesus and growing in Christ. Now, why would we want to do that is the question we're here to answer this morning. First, I want to tell you a couple of reasons for evangelism, sharing our faith about God with others, that we're not going to use. These are reasons we're not going to put forward, uh, other than to say we're not doing it. So the reasons we're not doing it is uh, we're not doing evangelism so we can grow a bigger church. Let's go out and share with Jesus so we can get a, a, get a big old giant church. Um, now, here's a fact. I don't think it's a healthy fact, but it is a fact. Most people in America don't stay in a church much longer than three years. So if you have been here at Lakeland longer than three years, you're now officially one of the old timers. And, and some of you are fossilized relics from an age gone by. But uh, so if you just want to grow a church and that is your only goal, evangelism is not the way to do it. It's too much energy and too much investment for too little return. If your only goal is to grow a big church, you do that by offering a specially designed religious product, a very particular kind of worship service, which lets you get into a kind of a round-robin pipeline where you and about 
three or four other churches in your metro area all share the same 5,000 people on a three-year rotation each. Now, none of the people that you're bringing do you have to convince to follow Jesus. They're already followers of Jesus, although they may be rebaptized every time they change congregations again. Um, now, none of our staff has signed up for that vision. So even if we wanted to get in on that pipeline that goes on, uh, we'd have to trade out our current staff because none of them are interested in doing that with their lives. So we're not doing it just to, you know, let's grow a big, giant church. Um, also, we're not trying to generate a huge financial donor base so that we can give to charities. Um, Lakeland is not primarily a soup kitchen. This is a rehabilitation center for souls. Now, part of that rehabilitation is that we'd learn to be generous and remember, as Jesus did, those who are poor and forgotten. But if we just turn you all into wallets with little ears, you know what, you know what I mean? Like you're just here to give and then listen to me give a rant every week. Um, that will not last very long. We will not do much work for the poor and forgotten if we transform everyone into giving units. So um, it can't just be for that because we also need people who will go out and work among the poor and forgotten. We'll need people who will befriend and have relationship with the poor and forgotten. We'll need people who will go and pray for them. So for that, we need disciples, followers of Jesus, not just financial donors. Um, especially in American culture, the wealthy would love it to just give money and not have to get personally involved. Uh, the middle class would like to just get personally involved on their schedule, of course, um, but not have to give any money. So disciples of Jesus know that you have to give and you have to show up personally with the gifts God has given you. So evangelized people are not a means to an end. You don't evangelize someone so then you can get something else done. You know, let's get a bunch of converts so then we can go do some good stuff. Um, evangelized people are the end goal. Evangelized people are dear to God. It just so happens if you disciple them, well, they will also do great things in the world. But that's, uh, that's the symptom of the cure. So those are two reasons we're not going to put forward for evangelism, to grow a big church or get a big financial donor base to do some, some, some very good stuff. Here are some good reasons, I think, to share your faith in, with God, to share what you believe about God with others in hopes that they would come to believe it too. And at the top of the list is gratitude, gratefulness. In 1994, and you hear this thing said a lot, but I have to say it because it is true, uh, Jesus Christ radically changed my life. He probably saved my life. He certainly saved my soul. Now, how did I hear about Jesus Christ? I heard about Jesus Christ in a positive way in my own home from my dad and from my grandmother in her home and from my Taekwondo instructor in his uh, place of business and from my high school history teacher who called me on a summer break to, break to tell me how some test scores had gone and we wandered into a, a totally other conversation. So if I can now offer to someone else what has made such a difference in my life, I want to do that. I want to be part of evangelism. Another reason to share your faith with others in hopes that they would come to believe it with you is to emulate Jesus, to copy Jesus. So you may want to be part of evangelism because it was the very mission of Jesus. In Luke chapter 19, uh, the Bible says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. 
So not out of guilt or, or out of duty, but some of you just for a love of Jesus will be excited to share in this great commission he gave us in Matthew 28, where he said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A third reason to take part in evangelism is to change the world, to change the world. Um, others of you would like to make a real change in the community around you and maybe beyond that, and it's taken you a while, but you have finally figured out uh, that change does not come through voting in politics. By the time we're voting on something, the hearts of people have already been changed, haven't they? Otherwise, the vote wouldn't carry. So the hearts of people are changed, and then you do, politics is a tool God uses, but after, the hearts of the people are already changed. Uh, it doesn't come through charity. We've been at charity, and billions go through charity all the time. It does great things, but it hasn't changed the world yet. Changing the world comes through changing the hearts of people and groups of people who come together and they live a new way. And the more people in a community who live a new way, the more the world changes. Some of you have come to realize that's a slow process, but you've seen the power of the church, and you're convinced one more life is worth it, so you'll share your faith. John Newton believed this. He was a captain of a slave ship in the 1700s. He became a follower of Jesus Christ. For a while, he tried to do both, but he couldn't do it, so he quit being a slave ship captain. He became a pastor, John Newton, and he wrote a poem, which you might have heard. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, now I see. And he shared that with his congregation. And in his congregation sat a little rich kid named William, who grew up, began to change the hearts of people about slavery. William Wilberforce joined British Parliament and eventually led the vote, which ended the slave trade. So one man's life was changed out of gratitude. He shared it with others one of whom grew up and changed the world. You change the world by changing the hearts of people. For many of you, the reason that you'll be part of evangelism is because you loved someone. You have a brother or a sister. You have an in-law or an outlaw in the family. And uh, they are so random, right? They're so misguided, so stuck in their ways. My new favorite phrase for the last couple of years, they are a hot mess, <laughs> And uh, you know if they could just pay sustained attention to Jesus, it would make such a difference. Maybe you have a son or a daughter or a mother or a father, and, and they are just eaten up with, uh, you know, I don't know, are they eaten up with guilt? Are they eaten up with resentment? Are they eaten up with bitterness? Are they eaten up with unforgiveness? But you know Jesus can set them free, and because you love them, you want them to be set free. Some of you have a coworker or a classmate in school, and they are so fun. They are a good person. They're good to you. They are good to others. But they do some self-destructive things. Some of those self-destructive things are subtle. It'll take a long time to work out. Some are not at all subtle. And, but you love them, and you pray, God, show them they don't have to think this way. They don't have to live this way. They don't have to be like that. 
This notebook is the first prayer journal I ever, I started back in 1994 when Jesus made such a difference. It records different prayers and Bible studies I was doing at the time. But on this page here is a prayer where I pray that God would reveal himself to two of my friends and that they would give their heart to the Lord. And 21 years later, uh, both of them are sitting in the sanctuary here on this Sunday morning. God answers prayers. Your love drives you to share with someone else what has made such a difference for you. And the last reason I have this morning for uh, taking part in sharing your faith with others is because it's just human to share good news. It's human and humane to share good news that God, in fact, is not out to get us. Nor is he angry with us. But he's come to save us. He's come to make a way to rescue us. Even if it's from ourselves, we need to be rescued. And he has made that way, and it is Jesus Christ. I hope those are some good and compelling reasons to be part of sharing our faith. So now the question is, how? How? No one here wants to look like a hate monger or a fanatic or a kook. So the bullhorn has somehow become the symbol of evangelism, and, and no one wants that. So uh, here at Lakeland Community Church, we cling to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Some of the churches I grew up in did not complete this verse, so we're going to say the last part all together. <laughs> Are you ready? After the first period, that, but do this with gentleness and respect. Oh, that's life-giving. So at Lakeland Community Church, for 20 years now, 19, I think, we have preached the three ends of evangelism. Three ends of evangelism. Now, our pastor, Dan Wilburn, came up with this, who's very cultured, if you know Dan. He reads all the time. He does art, you know. He dresses much snappier than I do. And yet, he comes up with these three ends of evangelism, and not a one of them start with N. So, I, that's, that's so redneck of him. I'm actually quite proud. I, I'm, I'm proud of him. He's able to go there. So, here they are. These are the three ends of evangelism. Uh, the first N is invest. Invest is our way of saying, uh, leave strangers alone. <laughs> invest is a way of saying, care about people before you just think of them as new converts to our tribe. Invest says, start with your friends, start with your family, start with your own neighbors, the people you interact with as you live and work in this community. Uh, really care. Have people over for dinner. Actually go to that gym or yoga class that you're paying for. There's people there who need to hear about Jesus. Uh, when the Little League game's over, go out for pizza with the team. Don't be such a hermit. Probably, probably talking to myself there. Um, <laughs> sit in the same section of the restaurant where that, you hit it off with the server last time. Request them again. And when it's time to leave, leave them a big tip. No Bible tracks or Jesus junk. Unless you're paper clipping a 20 to it. All right? You hear me? If you're, if you're trying to share with your server, don't leave them Jesus paraphernalia unless you make Jesus look really good with a Hamilton. All right? All right. All the servers applaud. Um, Invest says these are real relationships with real friends, real workmates. These are not church projects or merit badges. Invest. The next N is engage. Engage. Um, engage. Engage. 
Uh, this is not engage the enemy. This is not the rules of engagement. All right. This is like two gears that come together. They engage and then one turns and you see if the other will turn with it. Engage. So here is where you come out of hiding and let them know you're a follower of Jesus. You engage that part of yourself. Now, um, this is not as complicated as it sounds. It's just gonna be two things and they're both really easy. So track with me closely. Um, first, first way to engage, just let them know you go to church and you like it. And just leave it at that for a while. Just let them know you go to church and you like it. So it goes like this. Someone says, what'd you do this weekend? You say, well, I went to the zoo on Saturday. Zoo is always exciting in spring. Spring's in the air at the zoo. Um, <laughs> I answered a lot of questions for my daughter about things I thought we'd talk about a lot later. And then on, I don't know, that's a tangent. That's what we call that. Rabbit trail. How appropriate. Um, and then on Sunday, we went to church. And the sermon was fair, but the music was great. And now you just leave it at that. Just that much around the water cooler may have somebody coming back to you and saying, so you're kind of a God person? I've been thinking about God lately. I had this question. And now you can say whatever you want because they're asking for the hope. What's the reason for the hope that you have? Um, you can, uh, um, maybe they'll say, you know, I've been looking for a church and would I be welcome at your church? And now you, you can engage. Now, if you, if you put that out there, I go to church and I like it and it doesn't go anywhere. After a while, you can try this second step of engagement. And that's where you let them know that Jesus Christ has made a real difference in your life. So maybe you're at uh, the Memorial Day family cookout and, you know, everybody split up boy-girl as they usually do about halfway through. The girls are sitting around the fire griping about spouses. You could say, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and sometimes I would like to brain my husband as well, but we had this class at church where we learned that God has made us with different personalities, and we serve each other by understanding and, and communicating like this, and they, they gave us this little trick. Now, don't write a sermon. Uh, don't go on. Just three or four minutes. We have people model for you all the time, summarizing what God has done in their life in three or four minutes. It can be done. Don't go till everybody's rolling their eyes and, you know, oh, I... I think I hear my mom calling. So quickly, get it out quickly and then zip it up. Zip it. Just that much of the story may have someone say to you, you know what you said earlier around the campfire? That really spoke to me. Tell, tell me more. Here's the key to engaging well. And I'm really speaking to those of you who are right now like, I, this soft cell evangelism stuff, this doesn't sound aggressive enough. All right. To engage well, you've got to remember that this is not your project. This is not up to you. You've got to remember that God has been trying to reach these people for years. He made them, I promise you. However much you love them and care about them, I promise you, He cares about them more. He loves them more. He's been reaching them and speaking to them for years. He just needs an agent to be available to minister to someone who can't quite understand. It's the Holy Spirit who's been speaking to them. They haven't quite figured that out, so he needs an agent, and you make yourself that agent and available, but you don't steal it all and take the conversation away from God. Well, this isn't getting it done. Let me get my bullhorn out. I'll just scream at everybody on the street. God's too slow. My goodness. All right. It's not like that. It's not like that. Um, You've got to trust in God that you'll invest and you'll engage and then he'll nudge the people toward you. 
Because guys, this is how it has to be. It has to be like this. In two, three, five years, however long it takes, till they're standing where I'm standing, sharing their story of what God has done. They cannot stand up here and say, Garrett Leahy saved my life. They cannot stand up here and say, Lakeland Community Church saved my life. They must say, it must be this, uh, God pushed me toward Matt. God brought Lisa into my life and nudged me toward her. Uh, God brought me one morning to this place, Lakeland. I sat at the back. I showed the Star Wars video. I thought that was really, really weird. But somewhere in this space, God spoke to me. They've got to accept him, not me, not you, not this church as their Lord and Savior. So leave some room for God to do something in this relationship. Yes, engage. And then the last in is invite. Invite them to church. Not to just hear the story for the first time, because you've already done that as you're engaging, right? They heard something. But uh, to join an ongoing community to grow this faith and stay in this faith. Okay, uh, this inn is really falling out of favor. I promise you, a large segment of the congregation right now is sitting there thinking, well, now, why do we have to add this? Why couldn't we just keep going to yoga class where we were having all those great spiritual conversations? Why can't we just keep going to coffee? Why do we all of a sudden now need to invite them to church where it's all going to get messed up? Uh-huh. Okay. Christianity is changing. Christianity is changing. I, I believe we are somewhere in a cycle that happens about every 500 years in the church. Happened at 500, happened again at 1040, happened around 1500, and I think we're coming up on another one where the church radically transforms and is transformed into something really different. Now, I'm at, at midlife as this is just coming on, I think, in the middle of this change. So I am choosing to be open to the fact this morning that God may be changing into the church, changing the church into something that I can't fully understand. I'm too old as it's coming on. I'm choosing to be open to that. Maybe you can open a Christian donut shop or a Christian bicycle repair shop and all your regulars who come become involved in a community where they somehow receive all the discipleship and worship and care that a church could give. Now, personally, I, I have not seen this happen yet. I've seen it tried, but it didn't, it didn't take root. I have not seen this yet, but maybe some of you are going to be the ones who pull that off because the church is changing. But for this morning, all I have to offer you in good conscience that's solid is still to invite someone into the church community as the capstone of evangelism. Because I believe in the course of our life, each of us, including me, is going to need ministries that are beyond ourselves. I'm going to need counseling and advice. We're all going to need an opportunity to serve the poor. We're all going to need a strong call to be generous, to break the stranglehold that greed and materialism has on us. We're going to need to be reminded of the story of Jesus as it's found in these scriptures. We're going to need people in our lives to encourage us and whom we encourage. We're going to need something for the unique soul of a man. We're going to need something for the unique soul of a woman. We're going to need something for the unique soul of children. We're going to need something to help us celebrate birth and conversion and wedding. We're going to need something to help us mourn um, sickness and loss, and funeral. We're going to need the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's table. 
Now, if Yahweh's tacos or, or whatever it is you're dreaming up can get all of that done, I know we giggle because we can't see it. Maybe there's a generation that says we can do it, and God bless them if they can do it. But at 40 years old, and it's only 2015, uh, I'm 41, I like to lie. Um, <laughs> all I can see is the church right now that's pulling all that off. So uh, even if someone prays the prayer of faith in your, in your living room, and I, I've had someone do that in my garage, eventually they're going to need more than you or you and the staff at the Yahweh's Tacos can give. They'll need a community like this one. So I still believe in these old words of this Irish hymn that said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Like we're also prone to wander away from God and get distracted. We need this weekly reminder, a place to come back to so we can sing the second half of the hymn. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. For 2,000 years now, what has shepherded the hearts of the faithful has been the church. I welcome anything that the Lord would like to bring, but for today, all I have to offer you that's solid is a story like this, that you'd be um, with whoever it is that you care so much about, and you'd be able to say, because you've invested and engaged before, I heard you talking about debt and how that's really dragging you down, and you know, our church is doing a class on debt. Would you like to take it together? Or I heard you, I overheard you two talking about that AD, the Bible continues thing, they run on an NBC. And uh, our pastor in June and again in August is actually preaching from the writings of Paul in the book of Acts, where that special comes from. Would you like to come hear that take on it? Now, when you invite your friend to church, they will want to come here with you. Uh, you're the one who invested. You're the one who engaged. You're the one they trust. For all they know, the rest of us are crazy snake handlers. So they don't want to be dumped in here with strangers. So plan to greet them at the door. You know, hang out at that end of the lobby on the day you think they're coming. So when they walk in, which takes a tremendous amount of courage, there you'll be to greet them. Now, we're going to try uh, this year to give you some things you can share on Facebook and share through social media, little snippets of life here in the church so they can feel like they checked it out before they came. Like, I've seen it. I've seen what it looks like and what it feels like and what's important. And they'll, they'll feel a little more in the know when they come. I think that'll be important. So watch for that. But you'll need to be there for them. They'll want to sit here in the service with you. Now, some of you think, well, that's going to be a problem because I volunteer here all the time. Okay. This is the most important thing. So we're going to reinstitute an old rule. If your invited friend shows up, because you know you have to invite them like seven times before they actually will follow through and be here. You've experienced this. They'll show up, it'll surprise you, okay? If you're volunteering in the coffee bar that day, our staff are trained for this. You just tell the coffee bar person, um, my friend just showed up that I've been inviting for like a year. And, they, and then you just leave, take off your apron, and you're done. Go be with your friend and show them around and sit with them. They will figure it out, or we'll just have a really long line at the coffee bar. Because this is more important. Now, I'm serious about this. I don't care if you're the drama station leader for Kids Zone. That means that day the whole show is about you. If you look down, you're like, oh my word, my sister-in-law just showed up. I've been trying to get her to come forever. You just tell the Kids Zone director and we will put in a VeggieTales video. <laughs> and then when the parents come up and they're complaining, like I didn't bring my kids here to watch cartoons, we'll say like, well, first of all, some of these cartoons are really, actually really good. You should watch them. But also the drama station person's sister-in-law came. We've been inviting her forever. We had to let him go so she could have a good 
And everyone will say, oh, okay, well, we'll pray for that. And good job with the cartoon save. <laughs> so invest, engage, invite. I hope you see it's very human, it's very normal, and very uncomplicated. You don't need to know really anything more than what you've heard here, I don't think. Jesus even said to his disciples, don't sit around and think of what you're going to say someday when you get thrown in prison for Jesus or somebody asks you. Just, just be ready to pray and the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say in the moment. <clears throat> Personally, it has been far too long since one of you came up to me before service and said, hey, hey, my friend came today, so is it going to be good? Like, <laughs> are you going to mess it up? Like, are you on? <laughs> So I used to get that all the time, and I think it's been too long. I welcome that challenge, and I like that challenge. So bring it, and I'll bring it, and we'll do this, okay? In fact, uh, next week our message is all about that. What do we do when invest, engage, invite has worked? And here is the person you invited, you cared for, that you invested in. Uh, what can you expect from me? Uh, what can you expect from the rest of the church? What does the rest of the church expect from you and from the person you invited? Well, that's a surprising one. So we're going to tune up some expectations around here to help, and we're going to tune some down because they're not very realistic. So it's going to be a big morning for us next week to come back and learn uh, how to be part of this mission of Jesus, evangelism and sharing faith in God. I look forward to that. Let us stand together. We said, uh, yeah, let us stand together. We said evangelism was sharing what we believe about God with others. So let's use this Apostles' Creed. We'll say it all together. For 17 years, this has served as a weekly reminder to a lot of Christians of what it is we believe about God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He is seated seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let's have a seat. We're going to remember together now in a more active way. Jesus gave us a meal to help remember. He wants us to remember how it is we can approach God. It's because He made a way. We don't have to please Him or get it all fixed. He says, because on the night He was betrayed, He's about to be betrayed, right? He takes bread and He breaks it. He says, this is my body, broken for you. So you come down the aisle and there you find Jesus waiting and you tear off a piece of bread. And then you dip it in the cup because he said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant poured out for what? For the forgiveness of sins. So even if you've been the problem between you and God, he doesn't hold that against you. He says, those sins are already forgiven. Now come, God's arms are open to you. So you tear off the bread, you dip it in the cup, you receive it into yourself. You receive the forgiveness of God. And then he says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember my death until when? Until I eat and drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. The promise of eternal life is offered here. This meal is a practice. Like This is what a little bit what it's going to be like when you're at a feast with Christ Jesus and all the church from all time and space all together. You just come down and you receive it.
Bless you with me. Bless. 